Well, good morning, Dorisville. Oh, powerful video. We are so glad. Thank you so much for coming and spending uh, Christmas Sunday with us today. And already we've been blessed with the word and song, a powerful gospel message. It's my privilege to kind of wrap it all up today. And again, it's really much my privilege uh, to do so. Uh, we want to be sure to invite you back tomorrow night, as, as Brent mentioned, for our Christmas Eve service. Pretty incredible night also at 5 o'clock there. Well, it is easy to forget, isn't it? Come on, it really is. You know, it's, it's just so easy in the day, in the world we live in, to kind of forget what Christmas is all about. Now, uh, let me say this. I really believe, I, I'm a, um, a traditional kind of person. I believe in traditions. I like traditions. One of the reasons I like Notre Dame football is because of the rich traditions that are there. And a lot of the holiday traditions, those are great things. They're part of our family. We, we have some traditions that, that we celebrate. Like buying me presents. I think that's a great, great tradition that we have. It's a wonderful thing. But, but here's the deal. It's just important that we don't forget what it's all about. You know, I've got a birthday coming up. By the way, get your countdowns out. That's January the 6th. Epiphany. Okay, January 6th is my birthday. Now listen, here's the deal. If, if Judy were to throw a party for me, I'd want you to come to the party. In fact, I'm even willing to share the cake with you. But just don't forget whose birthday it is. And see, that's what we do with Jesus. We have a great big party, and he invites us to share all the celebration of that. But we just have a small tendency forgetting whose birthday, whose celebration it is. And that's sad. You know why it's sad? It's not sad because it's, well, it's just a, a diversion. It's sad because the message of Christmas is incredible. The message of Christmas is Jesus Christ. You know the QC saying, Jesus Christ, Jesus is the reason for the season. Isn't that true? But did you know it even goes a little bit deeper than that? See, it's not just about Jesus. It's about the love of Jesus. That's so incredible. That God loves us. And today, I want to share with you uh, about Christmas love. We follow the Advent throughout the month of December. We follow the Advent calendar. And I want to share with you. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. If you're really, really ill and you can't make it to the hospital, you call 911. If you're home and you're elderly and you fall and you break your hip, you try to get yourself to the phone and you call. If you forget your wife's anniversary, you call. If you haven't, you will. She will. You know, she will. But guess what? Our scripture day is 1 John chapter 4, all right, 9 through 11, or 9 one, one. I want to tell you that love is God's 911 of Christmas. And there is hope and there is help in the message of Jesus Christ. Amen? Take your Bibles, please, and look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. And we're going to look at the very essence of what Christmas is about. Here's what it says. God's love was revealed among us in this way. In other words, and in this, God showed his love. Now, now, what we're fixing to learn is, is that the very essence of what, what love is, is fixing to be revealed. Now, now me, y'all know I like food. You know, um, Susan Roper, or Susan, Susan Patterson, brought me a, are you ready? You know I'm fixing that, don't you? Pecan pie! <laughs> you know, the doorbell goes, boom, boom. I said, well, who is this? I go, and there it is, it's this round thing. And you know what it is? You know, and I take, I was, thank you, Susan, thank you, Susan, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And later on that night, you know, I had a reasonable piece of it. I really did. Probably gonna have another reasonable piece today, as a matter of fact. And Susan, it was very good if you're here today. It's just incredible. But here's the deal. 
I ask this question sometime. I'm not sure where. If, if you take pecans out of a pecan pie, what do you have? You have pie. You have chest pie, I think. I, I don't know. I think, I think like a chest pie is the gooey part of a pecan pie without the pecans. But you can't have pecan pie. Now, you, you know, if you have a chocolate cake, you like chocolate cake, don't you? But if you leave chocolate out of a chocolate cake, what do you got? You got cake, it may be a vanilla cake, some other kind of cake. But you see, pecans are essential to a pecan pie, and chocolate is essential to a chocolate cake. And I'm just here to tell you this, guys, that love, God's love, is essential to what really what love is all about. In English language, we love pizzas, and we love our cars, and we love our houses. But if you really want to know what love is, you listen today. Because it says that God's love was revealed, God's love was displayed, God's love was shown among us in this way. That God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Wow, how incredible. How incredible. Don't don't we live in a crazy world? I mean, we do. I mean, God gets so many bad raps. I, I told you last week, I think, or the week before, whenever it was... That, you know, it didn't take long for the blocks to appear after, after um, Sandy Hook. Where was God? And, and how can a good, you know, good God allow something like this? God gets a lot of bad raps. And, you know, all we have to do, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, all you've got to do is look over there. If, if your circumstances are so messed up in this world, I mean, they are way messed up. And that little trickle of doubt comes in. Does God really love me? You look over there. If it seems like your world is crumbling today, even though you're a Christ follower, you look over there. Because that cross symbolizes the love of God. It was the Christ of that cross when he died that anchored God's love forever for us. No matter what you're going through in your life as a Christ follower, I want to tell you something. God loves you, and that proves it. Don't listen to your circumstances. Don't look what's going on in your life. They'll lie to you every time. That piece of history, that piece of the present, declares forever, God loves you. But it doesn't stop there. If you're here today, and and you don't usually even go to church. You're here because... Somebody said, hey, the choir's singing a special song. Or, hey, you're here because the calendar says the same for Christmas. And it seemed like the right thing to do. But you're really not a God follower. You're not a Christ follower. You never, you know, you don't have a relationship with God. You just kind of came because it's the American thing to do. i got great news for you. In this crazy world where the news doesn't make sense. Just remember, by the way, this imperfect world wasn't God's idea anyway. It's something we dreamed up in the Garden of Eden. But in this crazy world, it makes no sense. You're saying, where was God on that day? Look to the cross. He was there. Short of destroying the world and starting over again, God did what he could when he sent his son, his only son, into the world that we might live. Christmas is about God's love, about him coming to earth that we could have. Real life. It goes a little better than this. In verse number 10 it goes this. Love consists in this. Here is the very essence of love. Here's the purity of love. Not, and it's not that we love God. 
It's, it's not like that, that we're God lovers in our natural state. We're not. When we're born, it's not our natural inclination to love God. It, it's not that we will reach out saying, oh, God, we love you. And then God in return says, well, I love you, too. Have you ever had that awkward moment? When you were dating, for instance, hopefully you didn't do this with your wife. But you had your girlfriend and you finally got your nerve up, guys, and you said, I love you. And there's that awkward silence. And did, did, you said, I, I, I said, I love you. And, and she doesn't quite respond. Well, it's not like we were hollered out to heaven, God, we love you. And God, out of inclination, said, well, we love you too. No, no, no. Love didn't start with us. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. This is incredible. Let me tell you who us is. Us are people that are born with a simple nature. And you might as well say this. Sin is the, abs- the absolute opposite of God. I mean, it puts us in totally different worlds, universes, really. So, so, so we have this. Us, us are people who are born with a simple nature. In other words, we're born with a bent of sin. And at some point, every one of us has sinned against holy God. That's who us is. Us who didn't love God. Us who could really give a flip about Jesus Christ down on the cross. After all, the ones who were crucified and laughed and said, Ha, ha, ha! You saved others, won't you save yourself? That's us. That's the us in the scripture. It's us in all our ugliness. But the Bible says, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is, you know what? If there's a big teaching that I wish we could get our arms around today, this is it. That word propitiation is powerful because it means, well, in one sense it means atoning, covering. But, but the strongest definition of this, it is that which God's, by which God's wrath is diverted. It's that by which God's wrath is diverted. See, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Would you say that with me, please? The wages of sin is death. Which simply means this, that we deserve to be eternally separated from God. It's not only talking about physical death, it's talking about spiritual death. We deserve to be eternally separated, and believe me, it's not Hawaii. It's a horrible, horrible place created for the devils and angels, the Bible says. A horrible place called hell. And we were simply waiting there, waiting for the wrath of God to fall upon us because we fully deserved it because we were sinners. And yet God had another idea. He said, I will send my son, Jesus Christ. We're going to let him be born in a manger, put on a human body. He's going to live a perfect, holy, sinless life. Never was mad at anybody. Never did anything wrong. Never sinned. Three years of public ministry, seeing a blind guy and saying, I can help you to see. Seeing a crippled guy, I can help you to walk. Seeing a guy who was dead. Lazarus and several others. Dead. And Jesus says, get up. And he got up. Three years of incredibly powerful ministry helping others. And to show their appreciation, they nailed him to a cross. But that was the plan of God. Because the wages of sin was death. Someone had to die for our sins. And they took Jesus Christ and they nailed him to a cross. Very similar to that. But while he was on that cross, suffering physically, 
The Bible so clearly teaches that the full wrath, the full anger of God at sin was poured out on him that day. That's incredible. That's what's tied up in this word propitiation. That, that he took what we deserved. We deserve the full unabated wrath of God. But our Savior Jesus Christ took that for us. Now that's a good place for an amen. I mean, again, if you've ever had somebody really, really angry at you, you kind of know a little bit of wrath. Imagine holy God's wrath being poured out. Why, why did he do that? Because God has a character thing. And, and he's holy and, and sin is not holy. And sin had a payment. And so he said, I will make the deal. I will pay the price on the cross. And my wrath will be abated through Jesus Christ on the cross. That's incredible. You say, well, Dwayne, can I, like, can I appease God through, like, going to church? No. No. Um, can, can, I, can I, like, appease God through, like, giving money? You know, God likes money, you know. So if I give enough money, would that appease God? Uh, no. No. Uh, could, could I, maybe, perhaps, especially at Christmas, you know, we like to do nice things at Christmas. Could I appease God by being nice to lots of people? No. No, Jesus said, and, and, and the Father taught, that there's but one way, and it's the cross. It's not the Baptist church, it's not the Methodist church, or the Pentecostals, or the Methodists, or the Catholics. It's not getting dunked in some water, or sprinkled with some water. It's not being good or doing good. It is by trusting what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And that's the message of Christmas. That's what it's all about. And, and when we take tradition and put it over that, we miss the power of of Christmas, that God sent His Son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. How incredible is that? You know, everybody here, well, a lot of us here, it's so easy to whip out that credit card and, you know, and we spend and we spend and we spend, and it feels good when we do it, you know, because we're giving gifts, and then January comes. And, and husbands, that's when you go to your wife and say, Did you see this bill? And she goes, Well, no, let me see it. Uh, that would be you and you and you and you and you and you. But wouldn't it be cool if somebody just showed up and said, I'm here to pay the bill? May I make a pronouncement to you? Jesus Christ paid the bill. Our sins are paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. How incredible is that? And that's why it's important we keep Christ as the focus of Christmas and Christ as the focus of our lives. Many of us in this room have experienced this. We know this. It's good for us to be reminded. But some here today have never have. And, and, and because we live in Western culture, the water's been muddied by religion and by preachers begging for money and, and, and do this and do that. And I'm telling you, it's all about love. It's all about Jesus Christ, Him dying for us. And we can have forgiveness of sin through God's grace. Now there's one more verse there that is really cool. Dear friends, John speaking. Dear friends, if God loved us like this, in this way, we also must love. Now notice the word must there. We, we must love one another. Now that was time out. Okay, so, so John, here we are talking about this huge gift 
Okay, you know, God loving us in spite of who we are and, and gives us eternal life. We can't do anything but take the gift. And then he says, now, now, if God loved us this way, we also must love one another. Now, the first thought that pops into our brain is that's because Christians are supposed to be nice. Christians are supposed to be nice people. You know, that means when someone pulls out, you wave at them with all five fingers. Okay? And, and you know, it's, it's being kind. When someone cuts in line, you just simply step back. That's what being, no, 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 no. Now, you ought to be nice. You ought to be nice. Okay? I'm not saying you shouldn't be nice. But that is not why John said that. We have to go back to, to John chapter 13. Here's what Jesus Christ said. I'll just go ahead and read like, there's like four verses. So when he had gone out, Jesus scared. Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. I know that's Greek. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, so he's fixing to die. But here's what he says. A new commandment. They all, they all perk up their ears. They go, okay, okay, this is big. The, the, it's it's got to be go to church. It, it, it's got to be give money. It's got it's, it's to be, be. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Whoa, 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 Jesus, Jesus, wait, time out. You're fixing to die on the cross. It's the last big sermon. I mean, it's your big one, Jesus. And all you got is love one another. Uh-huh. Jesus said that's exactly right. Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Does this strike you incredible? That the big command from Jesus hours before the cross, Brit, is to love one another as the one thing we struggle with? Isn't it funny that the world looks at the average church and goes, oh yeah, that's where the fight took place. I mean, take a gander on Facebook. It's so cool to read how people love each other. Not the one thing he said. So easy, love one another. We do good. We dress up to come to church. We have our church services. We send missionaries. But we really struggle with loving one another. And I think it's because we go, well, he didn't really mean that. He did, and there's a purpose. And you might say, what's the purpose? Someone's supposed to go, well, what's the purpose? I'm glad you asked. Verse 15. By this. By what? That you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. I mean, it's cool that Christians love each other and other people. That's cool. But what Jesus is saying is this. That when people love one another like he loved us, it is like extra worldly. It's like UFO love out of this world. And that's what causes the person out there on the, on the street to go, what's up with you? I mean, come on. They know you get up and go to church on Sunday mornings, believers. They're not impressed with that. Come on. But I tell you what. When, when they know you've been hurt and wounded, and you choose to love anyway, 
When you're cut off at the intersection and they're watching because they're behind you and you see, they notice that stuff. And that causes them to say what? What's up? And you say, let me tell you what's up. As in from the grave, Jesus Christ. He's the one. It's, it's him who's made a difference. It's not church. It's not the preacher. It's not, it's not my Sunday school teacher. Jesus has radically impacted my, love, my life. And because he's impacted my life, I love people. I love people in Harrisburg. I love people in Haiti. I love people in Nicaragua or Uganda or Mali or Jordan. I love people. And guys... When the church gets this right, the world will take notice. We can preach our rules to them. Which, by the way, is kind of weird because the word was given to us, not the world. But we want to take God's word that was given to us and force it on them. They're lost. But when they start seeing love, they take notice. You want to know why Lottie Moon's important? That's why. You know why that school's important? That's why. You know why Judgment House is important? That's why. You know why All Star's important? That's why. It's opportunities for believers to show Christ's love to others. That's huge. So the message of Christmas is Jesus, but a level deeper than that, the message of Christmas is the love. Of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, verse 17, but that the world through him might be saved. So this invitation, this decision time, this closing is easy. Here's the deal. Imagine that this is a Christmas tree shaped like a cross. And imagine under this Christmas tree shaped like a cross is a gift. And it's the grandest and the greatest gift ever. And it's got your name on it. To Dwayne from God. To Randy from God. To Wilma from God. Jarvis from God. Two names that I can't pronounce. And Molly and Najir and Haiti from God. But in this room... To you from God. And you know what you do, Chris. You have to take the gift. And we want to give you that opportunity. My friend Brother Brent's going to be standing down front in just a moment. And we're going to have everybody bow their, bow their heads and close their eyes. And Brent's going to stand there. He's waiting there for one reason. He wants to tell you how to get the gift. He said, did you have people at Christmas morning or Christmas Eve when you do gifts thing? Do you have a certain person give out the gifts? Is it like you or is it, you know, who, who does that? They picked their own. Oh, I knew you shouldn't use you for illustration. Pooter. <laughs> Do we have somebody who gives out presents? Thank you. See, I should have called on Pooter. 
Okay? Yeah, a lot of homes you have a person who gives the gifts out. Well, Brent is the one that wants to tell you how to give the gift. And we have some friends, and what we'll want to do is, you say, well, do I, have to, do I have to come forward? No. You grab us after church, and we'll tell you all about it. But this is just an opportunity right here in the service. You come down, and we're going to take the Word of God, God's love letter to you, and tell you how you can receive the greatest gift ever, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to do that. That's really what this is about today. Now, the second part of the invitation is really easy, too. Is Let me ask you a question. Can I challenge you today? Can I challenge me? To love people? I mean, it was really, really, really... If something was really important to Jesus, wouldn't you want to do it? I'm not going to get off that line. (laughs) Because I've been told you how much he loved you. If you're a Christ follower, if you believe Jesus died for you, and you got forgiveness, and you're going to heaven and not to hell. That that kind of situation. Now, if something was really important to Jesus, don't you think we'll make it a priority? That's a little better. Come on. Don't you think we'll make it a priority? Yeah, now you're getting into it. Well, it is. It's so cool. He's not, get this. He's not saying whip out the check, book and write a thousand dollar check. He's saying, I want you to share the love that I share with you. Do you think we can do that this year? You see our new banners? They're going both sides. 2013, one journey, one destination, GPS, God's plan for sharing. We are going to focus as a church. In 2013, on sharing the great news with Harrisburg and Saline County and Illinois and the United States and around this globe. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're going to do that by love. By love. The message we're going to carry is that we love you and God loves you. And we love each other. And we're going to demonstrate that throughout our lives. So as believers in Christ, that's my challenge to you today. I know, you know, if I ask you to quit drinking or quit smoking or give more money, you go, whoo, love one another. Especially like when you're at McDonald's and you say, can you believe that Jacob did that? Just tell God. <laughs> Don't tell your friends at McDonald's. <laughs> Didn't believe my wife did that? You know, just tell God. Don't tell your friends. It will make a radical difference. In this world. Would you bow your head right there? My privilege to share today. I, I so appreciate the choir setting it up. Thousands of years. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And one night, he came. He came. And he's been changing lives ever since. The praise team is going to sing a song for us. I'll ask you to stand just a moment. And just bow your head right there where you are in a moment. Brent will be here. If you want to know more about Jesus Christ, what Christmas is all about, our living relationship with Him, come say, just take Brent by the hand and say, hey, I want to know more. I want to know more. And we'd be glad to share that with you today. As believers, you might want to come to the altar. I mean, it's, it's a good place to come. But this is a commitment you can make right there. Right there with you and God. And say, hey, God, I know this is important to you. And I kind of put like 14th on the list. I want you to know, in 2013, starting today, it's going to get bumped up. It's going to get bumped up. Because God, Jesus, if it's important to you, it needs to be important to me. It needs to be important to me. Now, as always, some of you have trusted Christ, but you never had the opportunity to be obedient in baptism. Tell Brent that. Come down and say, hey, Brent, I'm a, I'm a believer, but I've never been baptized. And we'll be glad to talk to you about baptism. And some of you guys are family, but you never officially put your name on the dotted line, so to speak. You've never joined the church. And if you've been called to God to 
be a member of our fellowship. You know, put that, that name down. We would love to have you as part of our church family. Well, your family already, I know, but you know what I mean. Officially. Officially. We would love to have you. So, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Christmas love. In this is love. That you sent your son to be the atonement, the diverter of wrath, and payment for our sins. Thank you for that. What an incredible gift. I pray for my friends here today who may have never received that gift yet. May today be their day. I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters. God, help us to love one another. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.